few words about the Panoe podcast. Our mission is to bridge the gap between science and fitness. Through Panoe, the world's first clinical-grade cardiometabolic analyzer for the mass market, we give everyday consumers access to the biometric monitoring and guidance once only available to Olympians. Our clients range from wellness and weight loss coaches to world-renowned triathletes, leading academic institutions, and healthcare systems. What they all share in common is the dedication to the belief that science-based decisions hold the key to any fitness and health goal. Throughout our journey that started from research and nanosensing technologies and evolved into assisting people improve their performance and health, we recognize that science and fitness have drifted apart. We launched this podcast to address this gap. Here we bring cutting-edge insights from athletes, coaches, scientists, and industry leaders who share their knowledge and experience of how science-based decisions lead to success. Welcome to the Panoli Podcast. Today I, I have with me Siggy from GreenFit uh, in Reykjavik, Iceland. Welcome, Siggy. Thank you very much. Well, GreenFit, I'm most impressed. You guys uh, do great testing with Panoli and, and you also do other forms of testing, but I'm most impressed with your quality of your testing and your analysis and your exercise prescription. Well done. Thank you very much, Daniel. It's our pleasure. <laughs> well, let's set up, start off with uh, letting our audience know a little bit about your background. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my name is Iggy, and um, I uh, have been, you know, an athlete all my life, but uh, my educational background is maybe not so much sports-related. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer. But uh, yeah, like I say, I've been I've been an athlete since I remember myself, and and uh, started out in swimming, and then uh, probably five or six years ago, I, I started doing triathlons and and have been racing, you know, kind of semi-pro for maybe the last uh, two or three years. Well done. And I mean, GreenFit is a really interesting uh, facility. You guys have some very definitive ideas of of why you were created and what you're doing. I would love it if you would share with our audience a little bit of exactly how did GreenFit get started and, and what does it do? Yeah, sure. Um, so it kind of we we are three main persons here uh, running this business now at this time. But uh, it started with with my colleagues uh, Maur and uh, Luca, and uh, we all know each other from from the triathlon community here in Iceland. But um, they started, you know figuring out a little bit how their uh, blood analysis was and, uh, and how their nutrition could actually affect their, their blood work. And uh, so in, in uh, 2019, they started you know, talking more and more together and they, they had this idea formed that they wanted to, to bring this, this uh, idea into a business and, and help you know, other people optimize their nutrition. And then soon they, they figured they wanted um, as well to have this kind of uh, uh, what would you say like exercise background as well into the company. So they 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 contacted me and uh, asked me to join along. And so GreenFit was formed in in the beginning of 2020. And uh, we we spent maybe the first half of that year trying to figure out what, how we wanted to structure things. But but at this point we we mainly do blood analysis, uh, metabolic analysis, both the RMR tests and and VO2 testing, of course, or exercise testing. And then we we provide people with with a package of of information on how to improve their health, and and focus on getting them to come in again in in depending on on how things are, uh, three to to four or six months. So so it's it's kind of 
based on, on, on making people, people's lives better. Excellent. And you guys have been so busy. Um, so what, what made you guys decide to purchase a Pinoy in 2020? Yeah, so uh, um, I had been, of course, re related to my own, own, own exercise. I had been using uh, lactate analysis for, you know, one or two years. I spent some time with with a Norwegian national team, and they use lactate as well as uh, metabolic analysis a lot. Uh, so I, I, you know, this was a cheap way for me to to measure some physiological parameters. But we we realized we needed something a little bit more, um, uh, well, something that made us get a little bit more deep dive into the system of each individual, and as well as you know, lactate analysis is maybe a little bit time consuming. It, doesn't really give you, um, especially these breathing-related um, things, you know, in in in, in each person's uh, phys physical form. So, um, yeah. So it, it basically gives us a very good platform to analyze each individual, and especially see how each one is using um, their metabolized fats and carbohydrates, for example. Um, and we connect that a little bit into the blood analysis. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, I did lactate for about eight years uh, with metabolic analysis and then made the switch over to near-infrared spectroscopy uh, amongst mm -hmm. with, with metabolic analysis and found that to be extremely, extremely helpful. Um, the issue I had with lactate, like you said, is you, you, um, it's a surrogate. You're not actually measuring... Yeah. The physiology you're measuring responses to it, and um, and there is huge variability, and, and actually very little research supporting, um, you know, anything beyond trending with it. Um, so, in this day and age, the that ability to use uh, metabolic analysis in conjunction with NIRS uh, makes lactate relatively unnecessary, which is great. Who wants to be who wants to be poking people? You know, every every one to five minutes during a test, so uh, it's much easier to be able to do, and you can get the metrics uh, live, not just in rest periods. It's really hard to draw lactate, except for when they're uh, working at a certain level and stopping them and being able to to collect their lactate at that particular point. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Um, what has your experience been like uh, working with Pinoy? Yeah, it's been it's been really great. Um, I think that one of the things that stands out for us is is the ease of use in the system, uh, and you know there is a lot of uh, support as well for for using the device. Um, this is uh, you know the the science and education program that Pnoi offers and that you Daniel have been offering as well in the Pnoi program is is just exceptional. It gives a very good uh, scientific background into why we're doing this kind of testing and, and what we're getting out of it. And, um, and also just showing us how to properly use the device, because of course, you know, any technology is, is useless if you don't know how to, how to get the correct data out of it. So, so that has been really great. And, um, you know, every issue we've ever had has been solved really, really quickly. And, and, uh, we never had any major problems with anything. So, so support has been excellent. And uh, yeah, especially the, the science and education program has proved uh, really helpful for us. And, and we kind of learned, um, you know, as we went along with, with all our, uh, our testing. So 
we we strive to be better and better each time and uh, so this this has helped us uh, a great deal in that uh, in that pursuit well i'm really intrigued um you, you you did testing for about a year and a half two years blood testing how what have you found what have you found when you combine the information together you mean with the lactate and and the um, the metabolic testing uh, metabolic testing yeah and yeah the blood analysis yeah oh yeah with the blood analysis yeah um, so we are seeing a lot of um, uh, people with, you know, maybe not type two diabetes, but they're they're slowly, you know, inching along towards that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so that's actually, um, I think we in Iceland we we're not looking so good uh, with respect to these uh, conditions. So uh, we're seeing a lot of people, especially in the blood, um, they have this. Uh, uh, blood markers, you know, related to insulin and, and fasting glucose, they are elevated above what would be considered normal values. And uh, we're actually connecting that a little bit to the RMR test. So we're seeing those kind of people higher in uh, carbohydrate oxidation rates uh, compared to their fat oxidation rates. So, um, and this has been really helpful for us um, to kind of hammer in um, the, the programming we want to give people both with respect to diet and, and exercise. And um, we've seen, you know, really good results so far, um, you know, with, with some people who have, who have made these changes to their, to their life. And that's great. And you've it, found great ways of applying it your nutrition exercise prescription. Yeah. So we, we kind of, um, of course, it, it depends a little bit on the person, you know, how severe, severe their uh, condition is. Some people, you know, they're they're already, you know, kind of off the cliff. So, so we need some drastic measures to kind of um, get them back uh, into into a good rhythm. And uh, uh, but other people, you know, minor minor tweaks would would probably be enough to 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 start with. But um, yeah, we we use a lot of um, uh, for those kind of people. We've been using a lot of, for example, some to an easy training. Uh, going out for walks, you know, and, and prescribing maybe a little bit more fatty acids in their diet um, to 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 increase the fatty acid metabolism and decrease the sugar, you know, all these all these things. And, and uh, you know, some of the other things that that we've discussed is uh, the accuracy of the zoning, so you can set intensity correctly, as well mm -hmm. as uh, this new found. Uh, ability to, to, to find respiratory limitations and how many people actually have them. Yeah, this, this is something that has, uh, especially since we started looking more into this after, after watching, you know, the, the science and education programming, uh, this is something that is really staggering to me. And, and this is also something I saw in myself as an athlete, uh, because I've, I've, I've kind of maximized every other aspect of my training. And then all of a sudden I, I do a test and there's like this, uh, this huge capability to increase my respiratory capabilities. So, uh, and, and I think this is really staggering to see how many people are actually dealing with this uh, day to day. And um, a lot of people are hyperventilating during their RMR tests, you know, breathing, you know, 20, 20 up to 25 times per minute. You know, it's, uh, so, so it's, it really has opened our eyes um, to this this particular issue uh, with with people today, yeah, it's it's a nasty little circle, you know. Uh, a diabetic 
will breathe more quickly because of the fuel systems that they're using at rest, right? You, you yeah. you're more power off carbohydrate, you're going to need to breathe more quickly to be able to maintain your pH balance. And mm -hmm. then exactly. if you breathe too quickly, it, it continues all the way around the loop and you'll end up burning less calories. So, yeah, uh, yeah just, you know, there, there's a lot to be said about identifying respiratory limitations at rest. And uh, you've seen quite a few respiratory limitations uh, in the fitness test as well. Yeah, there are there have been uh, many cases, uh, both with both in, with regards to you know their breathing frequencies, but also um, you know how how much volume they actually manage to move during during the test itself. We're seeing a lot of both you know people dropping towards the end, and then you know getting this huge spike in the in the recovery phase and. As, as, as well as just you know flatlining uh, or hitting the ceiling like you like you say uh, in the active tests and and then then all of a sudden they get this extra liter or something after after uh, after they slow down so so this has helped us you know identify okay you, you see what that, you see what you can do you know you 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 have this capacity but but you know when you're under under load you you don't seem to be able to access it so so this has been you know something that we have uh, started focusing much, much more heavily on uh, for the last months. Well, it's quite interesting. I mean, people forget that the diaphragm plays a major role in in stabilizing the trunk during yeah. activity. And you know, when it's being dragged two directions, it it has to move the right amount of air in conjunction with the internal external obliques, but it also has to help stabilize the trunk. And it'll always choose ventilation over stability. Um, yeah. So you'll even see an elevation of MSK or musculoskeletal injuries coming up as their respiratory system becomes fatigued. So it, mm -hmm. everything is connected as we try and teach in the course is, is the fact that nothing works in isolation. Uh, things are much more complex and never look at one number. Right, always mm -hmm. find yeah. ways of being able to look at, at two different systems at least to be able to support uh, your findings and your recommendations. So I, I think this is where, um, you know, why I focus so strongly in the education program about identifying respiratory capacity and capability issues because the training will be completely different of how you're gonna approach it. And um, I've, I've just recently had even further conversations with IDAG about updating the p100 software to be able to uh be able to work with the concepts that i use when when teaching respiratory training so the ability to you know how i i teach that they should be able to use 75 to 85 percent of their functional uh their fed1 of course respiratory volume one second during the test well we're actually you're actually going to be able to select um, 75 to 85% and get the person to try and train at the different frequencies for each zone or intensity. And that's, that's so specific compared to what else is available. It's exciting for us to, to know that we're going to have a tool that's going to be able to address capacity issues and capability issues uh, so well. And I think that's, you know, now we have people recognizing it. We need to give them the ability to train it as well. And uh, yeah. like, I love your, your description, the, the guys that lose volume at the highest intensities or the highest breathing frequencies, it's a great way of just improving the, the, uh, 
performance of a high-level athlete is really not allowing them to lose so much volume when their frequencies go up. So I think that's really a good choice as well. Yeah, I think I think it's just also like um, there are so many people. I just had a guy yesterday actually who uh, who is an 800 meter uh, runner, a uh, young guy who is uh, who was moving. I think it was like 4.6 liters during the active testing, and uh, we during his uh, uh, spirometry test, we he actually has 9.7 liter lungs. Whoa! Okay. So so imagine yeah. that you know he's, oh, he's moving. He's only you know 50 percent of his his capacity during the active test. So how tall? A, sorry. How tall was he? Yeah, he was a he was a tall guy, one one ninety five centimeters or something. So he's got to be be tall to have that size of lungs. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's face it. That's one of the reasons why when you when you see people with uh, really high lung volumes, um, they're just naturally gifted athletes. They, you know, and if we can get them to use that capability, they may not even know it's there. Yeah. Uh, they're just you don't usually ever run into an elite athlete at the top of this game that does not have uh good volume and good capability mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right well um now we we, t- we talked a bunch of things uh in general now that you've you've done a bunch of testing what kind of results have you seen uh, when you're working with people you you now are identifying all these things what kind of results have you seen yeah, so uh, we've had a lot of people um, come in for for a retest, whether it's in the RMR testing or or VO two max testing, and uh, yeah, we you know after having changed their diet around, then and, and um, you know for example uh, after being hyperventilating during during the RMR test, and uh, they were heavy on the on the carbohydrate consumption, they they've come in again, they've they've addressed these things, added some to training, uh, you know. Um, improve their diet. And we've seen them actually turn these things around. Their their blood analysis shows that, as well as the metabolism during the RMR tests. Excellent. And uh, you know the same the same can be seen under under load. You know during exercise. So we've had a lot of people coming in who have improved their systems dramatically. And, and in particular, one of the things we, we've discussed in the past is those that were using inaccurate zones. Um, thought that they were doing zone two, but actually yeah. the zoning was wrong because they were using an algorithm of some form uh, instead of actually measuring them with the tests and they were actually working out in zone three. Um, you've seen quite a bit of that as well. Yeah, we, we've seen a lot of people who have, um, I know I, this is probably the question we get asked the most here, you know, are my, are my formulas for the heart rate zones correct? And uh, the answer is is most definitely always no. Um, you might be this one lucky person who 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 is who is just you know just fits the the criteria of of the percentages they provide you with. But uh, you know almost in every other case, it's 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 a matter of people are training. We we see this people are training mostly too hard here, at least here in Iceland. There's a very common among uh, cyclists here. Um, they, they tend to be, because we train a lot indoors and, um, you know, these are short classes, maybe 45 minutes up to an hour and, and people tend to be spending almost entire 
and the entire time in, in zone three or four. And then they do this, you know, three or four times per week and they, you know, improve maybe for the first four weeks and then they don't understand why, why nothing happens for the rest of the winter. But um, uh, yeah, we, we've seen a lot of those cases and, and um, uh, many times people actually don't believe, you know, how, how, how incorrect their zones actually were. It, 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 it's a real, it's a real crime because as far as exercise prescription, frequency, intensity, time, and type, intensity is the most important part of those four variables when you're designing a program. If it's wrong, you're not going to get the physiological changes that you want, despite putting all the time in. In fact, if you spend all your time in zone three and four, you will actually poison your zone two and zone five capabilities. And people don't understand that, you know, Working in zone three and four will decrease your mitochondrial density and polarization. It will. It'll, it'll actually make you worse. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's really important that the zones are accurate and that you can identify uh, specifically what that person needs to work on. Uh, one of the classic cases is um, people, the coaches that, that will uh, coach on a calendar. You know, your event is in September. Uh, it is now it's the spring spring means base work and you're going like where is any logic in this at all there there's nobody's measured anything you don't know whether they have a perfectly good base or not mm -hmm. uh, what i love about doing our tests is saying no it, base is fine uh let's maintain the base and let's pick up the other limiters uh, during this time and it gives them time um at the beginning of the year to concentrate on things maybe they have a strength deficit maybe they have a power deficit maybe they have a respiratory limitation uh you know you can concentrate on those things instead of being worried about building a metabolic base so yeah. uh, you know it's put the calendar away it's not science it's it's it was designed uh, many many years ago and it's based upon the moon it has nothing to do with the individual so I really think this is one of the joys with the analysis is, is to be able to say, I can see what training you've done for the last three months. It's, it's in your performance where you're the most yeah. efficient is where you've been spending your time. And we were just discussing this before this, this uh, podcast is that ability to be able to see their training uh, live on the graphs. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think this is this has opened my eyes, especially in the in the in the last year, just after after using the Pnoi device. Um, you know, exactly like you say, to to kind of identify and and uh, target the you know physiological things you want to improve in your system first before you start actually tackling you know specific things like pace or power. And uh, because now I, I always make this analogy that you know you you can spend all the money you want on the engine of a of a drag car, uh, but if your tires are not very good, you're not going to be getting very far. So um, yeah, so it's like you know spend time on on the things you you need to improve first, and then uh, you know just like me, I, I had maximized almost every other aspect of my training except that my breathing was really bad. So. <laughs> I wasn't getting really, I was just hitting the wall in terms of my program. So yeah, it's really opened our eyes to, to, to these things. Well, it's the, you know, it's, uh, I it was walking down the road the other day and I, that, that's where I came up with physiology before function. People love to have little statements. So 
Um, you know, I teach you guys capacity before capability. Uh, it's always easy to have those connections with the letters, but you really should concentrate on changing physiology before function. And then what's great is when your physiology is performing well, uh, then you can work on your skills. Mm -hmm. and, uh, by working on your skills with a bad physiology, you actually may be making that uh, your limiter even worse. Um, yeah. So it, it's much time better spent actually concentrating on what is going, what your limitations are to performance itself. I have good news for our listeners. Uh, Siggy will be joining me for in the uh, medical case review video podcast series and also the physiological limitation video podcast series in the future where we're going to review test retests on physiological limitations as well. We're, we're going to review medical cases where uh, we were able to identify uh, potential medical limitations or uh, medical um, disorders through metabolic testing. So uh, um, I thank you for joining me in the future on that. But before we leave, uh, you are one of the facilities that tests the most number of people that uh, owns a Pinoy. How, how is this happening? Like, how are you getting so excited about it? And it's it's amazing. I could never go on the platform without seeing a file open uh, with you testing. It seems like you're at it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> it's it's almost like that. We we we've sometimes added in on the on the weekends as well, just to fit. You know, but um, I we we can also almost not believe it ourselves as well uh you know the interest people have in those things um i think it has a lot to do with with uh, iceland is a it's a small country really and uh you know a, a guy knows a guy who, you know who, who when people start talking and 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 you know they this new idea we had here uh has really been picking up and, and people are really interested in in these things so I, I think this is kind of this this group good group mentality in Iceland that that has been impacting uh, how many people are actually interested and, and want to come for a test, and uh, you know we we also managed to be you know relatively COVID nineteen free here, so we've managed to be able to you know keep on testing during this uh, pandemic, and uh, I think this is also we thought maybe in the beginning that this was about time to start a company but you know people are probably much more health oriented orientated now than they were you know a few years back so everybody's thinking about their health and they want to be healthy and, and uh, improve you know whether it's just in in life in general or or in in any things related to sports we're very active people in general here in iceland so so i think i think that's has helped us a lot as well you know, people just being more um, health oriented in the in the last uh, year. I, I think COVID is going to make people even more so, even more yeah. focused that way. And the fact is, I mean, imagine the benefits if you've had COVID of actually going through testing. Uh, and it's a respiratory virus to be able to have a place that you can go that you can measure lung volumes, you can see how you're functioning during activity and uh, receive appropriate training to get you back to full function. I think that's a, a real uh, potential uh, benefit in the future. Yeah, I think, uh, 
uh, and we're we're already looking into to those kind of things to to start uh, training people more respiratory wise. So, oh yeah, and fortunately, the you know the reputation for metabolic analysis mainly well this is for elite athletes in a lab. Um, it's difficult. It's expensive, and I don't need it. I'm I'm just a weekend warrior. Um, you know, would you mind saying a few words about the distribution of your population that it gets tested? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, everyone from being, you know, we've had, I think the youngest one we had is, is about 12 or 13 years old. And, uh, you know, up towards a 74 year old I had the other day. <laughs> so, so uh, and then, you know, people from all kinds of backgrounds, you know, just coming, basically coming from the sofa. Or, or uh, being a top cyclist, you know, competing in the, in the UCI championships, you know. Um, so, so we basically have all the spectrum because I, I get this question actually a lot, you know, is the exercise testing for me or, or should I be doing only the RMR? And I, I always say like, look, okay, so um, we're gonna give you information on how you can maximize yourself based on your uh, status today. So like if you really want to improve and you want to get, you know, from wherever you're, you're, you're at now, this is going to give you the best information to do that. So, so um, that's always the answer I have at least. And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's, that has always convinced, I think, most people of, of, of eventually doing it. So, and I, yeah. I always explain that the, the pro athlete has the ability to do two a days for six, or six days a week. They, they can make mistakes in their training program. But when you have two or three or four times per week, uh, you want to make sure you can't afford to make mistakes on your exercise selection and intensity. And you really need to focus on what's your limiter and being able to isolate it and minimize it and move on. Uh, yeah. And, you know, variability is huge. Um, what I love about uh, testing is that we can, we're constantly changing their programming. As soon as their physiology adapts to what we've given them to do, which was our goal, uh, we are able to on retesting to be able to identify how they've changed and what we're focusing on next, which means zones will change uh, and exercise prescription and nutrition will change. And uh, there's nothing better than, you know, your physiology being measured to determine these changes. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, you, the... Um, Future plans. Uh, you guys, you guys are doing some great work now. But everybody, every company like yours, are has something in the near future. What do you have plans with? Yeah, so um, we're looking into expanding a little bit here in Iceland. So uh, we're only located in Reykjavik at this point, but um, uh, we're looking into going out into the next largest center, uh, which is called Akureyri. But it's a that's a that's a town in the in the north. Of Iceland, so so we're actually going to be reaching a lot more people there, because we've heard a lot of things. You know, there is a lot of interest there uh, for for these kind of measurements, and so we've had people fly in to actually come for our testing. So we we want to set up a set up a base there, and we're also going to be starting to work with uh, a lot of the sports teams here in Iceland. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, that's just that's that's the most immediate. Uh, Kind of business-related things, and, and we're we're working on on, on getting our uh, yeah. Uh, so also also working on the respiratory training, which which kind of leads us into the next topic. Uh, this is the P100. We've been looking into that one, and uh, um, to to kind of 
take the respiratory training to the next level. I'm loving, uh, you know, I've been working with uh, IDAG for uh, since 2006, I think. Uh, <laughs> so I have a, I really, I have a tight relationship and, and they, um, it, it's wonderful to be able to work with a company where you, you, uh, you can actually, like, I just talked to Cesar this morning for an hour, uh, where you can say, I would like this, I would like this, and my guys will understand it this way. And to get a, a text an hour later saying, great, those changes will be implemented by May. And you're going, this is, a, this is amazing. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of people trying to get into respiratory training. There's a lot of confusion out there about what that means. Uh, some great work has been done with inspiratory muscle training. Um, that's not the end of the story. Uh, you know, that we, we need to remember the first word there. They've only studied inspiratory. Uh, and, and, and most of this stuff is, is mainly done at rest and uh, our activities are, you know, are significantly longer than 10 to 30 breaths. And, you know, a lot of the devices out there, that's the, that's the maximum number of breaths you can do per set. And you try and explain how this makes any sense to somebody who is going to complete a race that takes two, three, four hours. Um, you just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And then you're not measuring volumes and, uh, and be able to then coordinate using cadence or your breathing frequency. Um, I think this is, you know, this is definitely the future. Uh, and we need, we need a device that actually can allow you to train for an hour or 30 minutes that allows you to be able to set breathing frequencies and volumes and measures it accurately. Um, that has a CO2 sensor in to make sure you're not, um, going to become dizzy. That's why you always have to stop with the other ones. Um, so it has the CO2 sensor and the ability to feed CO2 to you as you need to, to maintain your pH. Um, this is, is this device is so far ahead of everybody else. Um, and I'm really excited to, to be, you know, selecting certain people that I work with that I feel are really good at identifying respiratory limitations and will then also then know how to be able to prescribe the right training programming. Uh, for each customer, because I, I believe there's uh, at least five different types of respiratory training that you can do. And uh, we teach that in our certification program. And I'm really excited with uh, a center like yours that you know, has, who can clearly find these limiters. You're going to do a great job uh, using a device like this, and you're going to have huge results with your customers. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, as well as, as as expanding, you know, one of our, our goals, just immediate goals in the next few months is to get it to a larger facility where we can actually have people come in to do specific training with us. So then that would be that would be really, really good to have them come in for respiratory training as well and uh, and to train those things. Excellent. Well, right on. Uh, so. This, this is the, a chance to, to people are, I'm sure, very impressed with what you guys are doing. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, we just, uh, our, our home site, greenfit.is. That's the, uh, the official home site. And then we are on, on Facebook as well. Just, just search for, for Greenfit Iceland, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, or just send us a line at uh, greenfit at greenfit.is. So that's our, our main contact information. 
Well, excellent. And I remind our, our listeners that uh, to make sure that you uh, attend the medical case reviews and the physiolog physiological limitation case reviews uh, being featured in IGTV, just go to your IGTV app and look up Manoe and you'll see our, we've already started the series. Siggy will be featured, uh, uh, we'll be doing platform walkthroughs, demonstrating test retest results and how we determine the limiter, the exercise prescription, nutrition prescription that changes over time, as well as uh, how we're able to identify uh, medical conditions or ramifications of medical conditions as well. So. Uh, thank you very much, C. I really appreciate the time and uh, congratulations on your great work and your team's great work. I love working with you guys. Um, it, it's always a joy. And uh, I always use uh, Green Fit's test as examples of, of good testing. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> great, great to go there reliably and, and uh, be able to see someone who's doing some great quality testing. Yeah, thank you very much as well. It's been a pleasure. To book a sales consult, contact Panoe Sales at info at To learn more about our products and services, attend our three-part Panoe webinar series. Register by contacting Zoe at zoe at To learn more about the Panoe Metabolic Analysis Certification Program, view our video at community.mypanoe.com or contact Zoe at zoe at And don't forget to join us on Instagram.